This episode of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Care Of. If you've been listening closely, I've talked about my Care Of journey. To start off, I took their five-minute quiz to figure out what vitamins and supplements I need. The quiz is super easy. They ask questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns so that Care Of can recommend products to address my specific wellness goals. I was then very excited to receive my package in the mail. And now I want to tell you about my first experience with one of the products I received, collagen. So I got the lemon passion fruit flavor, and the booklet that came with my whole package suggested that I add it to very cold water. Most of the time I'm pretty skeptical about mixing any sort of powders into cold water, but I must say it tastes great. It's refreshing and a really easy way to make sure that I get into the habit of actually taking collagen. I'm excited to see what kind of results I have. Collagen is listed as the skin hero, and it's supposed to support nail health and growth. So I'll keep you posted. The thing I like about Care Of, Care Of's products are formulated with good for you clean ingredients that are backed by science. And they're super transparent about the research and sourcing behind every product. Next time, I'm gonna tell you about my experience with Care Of's vitamin packets. You can go on your own Care Of journey Go to TakeCareOf.com and use the code Encyclopedia for 50% off your first Care Of order. That's TakeCareOf.com and use the code Encyclopedia for half off your first Care Of order. Check it out. I'm tramping, tramping, trying to make a heaven my home. Hallelujah, I am tramping, tramping. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. In case you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Every weekday, we're telling the stories of women from throughout history and around the world that you may not know, but definitely should. Each month is themed, and I'm thrilled to introduce our new theme for August, Musicians. Today's musician was a vibrant singer who overcame racial barriers. She was the first black person to perform at the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. Let's talk about Marian Anderson. Marian was born in South Philadelphia in 1897. Her mother was a former school teacher, and her father sold ice and coal. Marion was the eldest of three children. Marion's family belonged to the Union Baptist Church. She joined the choir at age six and learned all the parts, soprano, alto, tenor, and bass, to the songs they performed. The choir nicknamed her Baby Contralto. The choir master deeply believed in Marion and supported her throughout her early career. When her father died, when Marion was just 12, the church began a Marian Anderson's Future Fund, which paid for lessons taught by Philadelphia's top vocal instructors. Marian wowed audiences with the depth and range of her voice. She learned music quickly, and many likened the sound of her voice to velvet. As a teenager, Marian regularly performed and made as much as $5 for a show, $75 in today's money. After high school, Marion attempted to enroll in the Philadelphia Music Academy, but she was rejected on the basis of race. She began to work with vocal coach Giuseppe Boghetti. She brought him to tears with her audition piece, Deep River. Deep 
1924, Giuseppe held a recital for Marion at the New York City Town Hall. But Marion got mixed reviews. Her discomfort with singing in foreign languages was highlighted by critics and almost ended her career. Still, she kept on. Marion's big break came in 1925 when she won first prize in a singing competition sponsored by the New York Philharmonic, beating out more than 300 other performers. As a result, she sang with the orchestra in concert. Following the performance, Marion was signed by a concert manager. Racial prejudice and the Great Depression made it difficult for her to get gigs in the U.S., so Marion moved to Europe. There, she was celebrated by European audiences and famed musicians. She smoothly delivered songs in Russian, German, and French, and quickly built a dedicated following. But her time in Europe was enshadowed by the growing rise of fascism. In 1935, Marion was denied permission to perform at the Salzburg Festival. She showed up anyway and performed night after night at an adjacent venue. Italian conductor Arturo Toscanini said at one of these concerts, a voice like yours is heard once in a hundred years. In 1935, Marion returned to New York's town hall. The day before the show, she fell and broke her ankle. Still, she soldiered on. She stood on one foot for the entire concert and wore a floor-length gown to conceal her cast. In the late 1930s, Marion gave 70 recitals a year throughout the U.S. In 1936, she became the first African-American woman to perform at the White House, singing before Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt. Marion and Eleanor became lifelong friends, and she was frequently asked back by the Roosevelts to perform for heads of state. Still, Marion's fame did not stop her from facing discrimination. In 1937, she was denied a hotel room before performing at Princeton. She ended up staying with Albert Einstein, and they developed a friendship that lasted until his death. Two years later, in 1939, Howard University attempted to feature Marion in their concert series in Washington, D.C.'s Constitution Hall. But the Daughters of the American Revolution, who owned the venue, prohibited Black performers on their stage. The rejection was highly publicized and led to massive outcry. Eleanor Roosevelt resigned from the organization and wrote, I am in complete disagreement with the attitude taken in refusing Constitution Hall to a great artist. Eleanor then gave Marion the opportunity to perform at the Lincoln Memorial, where 75,000 listeners gathered and cheered Marion on as she delivered her set with tears in her eyes. It was the largest turnout at the site since Charles Lindbergh's arrival to D.C. in 1927. Two months later, Eleanor presented Marion with the NAACP's Springarn Award, which celebrates the outstanding achievement of an African American. A few years after Marion's performance at the Lincoln Memorial, in 1942, the DAR came around and invited Marion to sing at Constitution Hall as part of a benefit for the American Red Cross. Reflecting on that moment, Marion said, When I finally walked onto the stage of Constitution Hall, I felt no different than I had in other halls. There was no sense of triumph. I felt that it was a beautiful concert hall, and I was very happy to sing there. 
1955, at the age of 57, Marion became the first black singer to perform with the Metropolitan Opera. She played Ulrica in Giuseppe Verdi's Un Ballo de Mascara. Author Rosalind M. Story wrote of the significance of her performance. Anderson, whose career had quietly and continuously broken barriers, dissolved hostilities, and awakened the consciousness of an entire country, was the only singer whose presence could signify the real meaning of the event. Marion continued to perform in the 1950s and 60s. She sang at the inaugurations of both John F. Kennedy and Dwight D. Eisenhower, who named her a delegate to the 13th General Assembly of the United Nations. In 1963, she performed at the March on Washington, and Lyndon Johnson presented her with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Miss Marion Anderson. We would like to do for you a Negro spiritual, which has been the favorite of many audiences through the United States. In 1965, Marion gave her final performance. She retired to her farm in Danbury, Connecticut, with her husband, Orpheus Fisher. The two were married for 43 years until his death in 1986. In 1993, Marion died of heart failure. She was 96 years old. Over 2,000 mourners attended her memorial, held at Carnegie Hall. Marion's nephew, composer James DePriest, said, She knew what she wanted to do. She knew that no one should be in her way preventing her from doing it because of her race. And I think she probably felt that she was going to be clearing a path, not just for herself, but for others to follow. All month, we're talking about musicians. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. And you can follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. I want to tell you about another show I think you'll like. Having good, reliable information so you can understand what's happening around you has never been more important. That's why I want to tell you about Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every weekday, Start Here breaks down the latest headlines in just 20 minutes with smart, straightforward reporting and analysis from award-winning journalists and experts you can trust to get it right. Always credible, always solid. Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Listen every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.